I remind you now about the little boy that was uh, wanting his Christmas gift, and he wrote to Santa Claus, and he started writing his letter and said, I've been good for six months now, and he thought, I didn't, that didn't write. Then he said, I've been good for three months. Nope. He thought about it. No, I've been good for two weeks now. Not sure about that. He got up, walked over to the nativity, and there he saw Mary and Joseph. So he got Mary and put Mary in his in his shirt pocket, and he went back and started writing, Dear God, if you ever want to see your mom again. <laughs> I was outside a little store the other day, and when I was outside the store, I was prepared to open the door. I could see through the glass. There was someone on the other side, but I couldn't see totally what was going on because he had a lot of stickers on the door. So I grabbed the door, and I just started bringing it open. And, and the person was standing with their back to me and their arm on that ledge of that. And uh, when I opened the door... She was so engaged in her conversation with the person she was talking to that she, she started to fall out the door and caught herself and looked at me and said, Jesus Christ, you scared me. I said, no, ma'am, I'm not Jesus Christ, but I do talk about him a lot. <laughs> that literally happened. It was one of those funny moments of life that you get to uh, experience. And because she used Christ's name in vain, I don't say enjoy, but... We did kind of uh, enjoy that a little bit more than we should probably. But anyway, that was just blew my mind. <laughs> I, I was glad I was quick enough on wit to come back and say, I, I'm not him, but I talk about him a lot. <laughs> David and Warren Wearsby. Warren Wearsby is just uh, one of the best writers uh, in the history of Christendom, in my opinion. Some of you, like Pastor Scott, got to know him. But he and his son wrote a very thin little book about Christmas, and I've enjoyed reading from it and gleaned some things from it. And uh, they, they talk about the origin of the word Christmas. It's Christ's mass, two words split out in, in, in the uh, parts in which they would be then be put together. And from the Greek, we get that word Christ as a symbol, and the symbol we get is an X. And so you'll see somebody that will put Mary Xmas if they don't have much room. They're not really being sacrilegious. That's Christ in the Greek, and that's where we get that. And so they're putting Mary Xmas with that. Now, in our secular culture today, society in which we live, a lot of people are trying to cross him out. So even George Beverly Shea back a few years ago sang the song, Put Christ Back Into Christmas, Don't Wish Me Merry Xmas or Happy Holiday, if you remember that song. Anyway, we would, we would understand that Really, our, our goal is to mention Christ in beautiful ways. But when I was sitting in classes studying for ministry, very often as I was taking notes, uh, whether you're doing it by computer or whether you're doing it uh, right there by uh, longhand, by writing, you just put an X there and you keep going and you know in your study that means Christ. And so we have come here today to talk just a little bit about Jesus Christ for a few minutes, and I don't want to hold you too long. But Jesus is His name. It is His name. The Hebrew folks put a lot of importance on a name. And so a name generally meant something and probably was somewhere in the family lineage or heritage. In the passage Pastor Robert read a bit ago, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30, the angel says to Mary, do not be afraid. If I saw an angel and I knew it was an angel, I'm just going to tell you I would freak out. Sometimes the Scripture says we have angels that attend to us, and we don't even know they are angels. And perhaps you have had that type of thing happen, where you, you think someone was an angel sent to you by God. It happens. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. God has a mission. God has a plan for this human race. 
you will conceive and bear a son, and you will call him Jesus. <clears throat> now, we sing a lot of, of choruses and newer hymns at this church week to week. And so as we sing them, I'm so glad that God decided to go with Jesus and not Epaphroditus, which is in the New Testament, the words of, or, or Nicodemus, or Nebuchadnezzar. Could you imagine a worship chorus repeating Nebuchadnezzar three or four times? That would be pure straight up nightmare. I'm glad God saw fit to not do that. But instead, he gave him the name Jesus. Now, sometimes you'll meet up with someone who is uh, named Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. Generally, that would be someone with Hispanic origin, and they go by the title Jesus, if you know anything about Spanish. And uh, as a matter of fact, we have a fellow working over here at Turkey Hill. His name is Angel. I said, hello, Angel. And he looked at me, and he said, only my mother calls me that. And then she calls me my full name when I'm in trouble. <laughs> so I said, hello, Angel. You're not in the outfield with the dry, silly humor that I have. But Max Lucado, in one of his writings, said, so people came to Jesus. They came to him at night. They came to touch him. They came to follow him down the street or perhaps walk with him around the seaside. They invited him into their homes, and they placed their children at his feet that he would bless them. Why? Because Jesus refused to be a statue in a church somewhere. He refused to be some sort of priest in an elevated pulpit condescending to the people, but instead to offer them hope. And there's not a hint, he goes on to write, that a person was afraid to draw near him. I like that. And I want to ask you to remember that as we go out of this Christmas season, wrap up 2022 and start 2023. You're going to be having conversations with yourself and with others about things that have happened over this past year. If I'm right, say yes. yes. You know you will. So when you remember those mountaintop experiences, be sure to celebrate them. Squeeze them just a little bit and let the juice of God's glory come out. And give Him thanks for all the things that He has done for you. For He has done some incredible things despite the rest. But when you think about some of those things that bring angst to your spirit and trouble to your mind, I want to give you a recipe for handling those kinds of things. I want you to remember when you think about your own failures and you stand quietly amazed in the confusion and the dust storm and the brokenness of it all. To remember what Lucado wrote there, that you can approach Jesus just as they did while he was on the earth. And in him you will find hope and forgiveness and peace and life and joy and purpose to go forward. Can I get a witness somewhere in the house today? I've needed that, and you have too. And some of you will have some accusations that will rivet your spirit this year as you think back over some of those things. They'll burn acidic holes in your very nature. And I've had that happen in my own life where I've had to look at my life and say, oh God, help. But in those moments, remember that he is not so holy that he would not invite us. He is not so divine that we cannot reach out to him. But he still invites us that though we've created distance, he's still available. And he's available because he builds the bridge to us. Now, salvation is God's idea. Jesus is God's idea. Can I get a witness in the house? Jesus wasn't thought up by Hallmark or the Hallmark Channel. He wasn't thought up by some sort of Christmas music or some sort of Christmas poetry or some sort of movie that you like. Everybody think of your favorite Christmas movie right now. Would you think of it? Are you thinking? Thinking? Do you know what it is? 
On the count of three, say it out loud. One, two, three. Yes, all of those. It really didn't start with that. Salvation is not even a church idea. It didn't even happen with the Methodists or the Baptists or the Pentecostals or the Catholics or the Orthodox. Don't tell anybody I said this, but it didn't even happen with the Wesleyans. Just saying. And it didn't originate with BWC. It's a God thing. Salvation is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's idea. God so loved the world, He gave us this Christmas gift. And then I would say to you just very simply that Jesus is here to help us. Jesus' name means everything. That third point I'm looking at here, Jesus means the Lord of salvation. He is the Lord of salvation. In the Gospels, the name Jesus, specifically the name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, is mentioned 500 times. In the whole New Testament, the Gospels are the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John of the New Testament, about two-thirds of the way through your Bible, and then the New Testament, that last third of your Bible, uh, mentioned between Matthew and Revelation about 900 times. That's a lot of times. John sums it up in his Gospel so beautifully, and I've already alluded to it, for God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. So there are three thoughts that go like this. Thoughts that Rick Warren shares with us about this Christmas gift. He says, first of all, it's the most expensive gift you'll ever get. And some of you may have bought yourself a car or your family a car. Some of you may have bought a house for Christmas. Some of you may have bought a wedding ring, and that's pretty expensive. Engagement ring, sheesh kebab. They cost so much unless you get them at the places they don't. And uh, I know about that place. It is the only gift, he says, that you'll receive that'll last forever. Most everything you received, if you got a new coat or if you got new shoes, they'll wear out. If you got new socks, they'll have holes in them by next year. That's why you get socks every year, because you keep wearing them and wearing them out. But this is the only gift that'll last forever. And then he says it is an extremely practical gift because you'll use this gift every day for the rest of your life. If you got a new winter coat, you're not going to use it in the summer when it's 80 or 90. No. You've got new socks, you're at the beach, probably won't use the socks at the beach. And so goes the list of different things that are happening with the gifts we got. But this is a gift you'll use the rest of your life. And let me tell you something else. I've been doing a lot of talking with God about my own life. And I look at my life in quarters. I had the first 20 years, second 20 years, and I'm in the third quarter. And I've got the fourth quarter ahead of me if the Lord allows. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, God, I know I'm going to see you in a little bit. I'm closer to seeing you than not. And in this life... I know you matter every day to me, and I know he matters to you. So we ask him into our life. We believe on him in our heart. We confess our sin and confess him as our Lord. And so we let other people know, just like I do every week, stand here and let you know and broadcast out into the other campuses and into the other places of venue for our online campus, and we welcome all of you today. And when we do that, then we receive him into our life. And there is not a person among us that cannot receive him even today. What would you wait on if you haven't received him? There's no day like Christmas Day. Christmas Sunday morning to receive him. It is truly the birthday of the King. Father, we give you thanks for this day and the beauty of it. The splendor of your birthday, we wish you happy birthday. Thank you for coming to this earth as you did and ministering to us 
as you did, to allow the sacred writers to write and record your happenings so beautifully for us, to allow us to move past all the lore and window dressing of Christmas to the real identity of the purpose of it all, and that is you. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay the penalty for our salvation. Thank you for resurrecting from the dead to prove to us we are not mistaken. You are the Messiah. You are the one that the angels told the shepherds about, Mary and Joseph. You are the one that the wise men worshiped. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the promise of eternal life to all who will call on you, the forgiveness of sin, the purpose in life that you give us all. For this gift, we unwrap it today and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand for a closing song today.